Hey there, it's Fight Shank here with the Know Your Marketing Show, where we talk about marketing that's ready for the 21st century. Namely, it's authentic, it's ethical, and respectful, especially respectful of your clients' needs, instead of being overhyped and exploitative. Now, this is episode two, which really builds on episode one. So if you haven't listened to episode one, please do so. Otherwise, this is going to make very little sense because I'm referring to quite a few of the examples from the first episode. To summarize episode one in two sentences, uh, why traditional marketing is bad is, well, really fundamentally is because it speaks to the wrong audience and doesn't engage them. And as a result, you have low engagement, you have high ad prices on the one hand, and low success rate on the other. And when you have low success rates, you don't have testimonials, you don't have repeat business, you don't have referrals, and all that good stuff. And both of these components the high art prices and the low success rate of your clients leads to basically a financial disaster. And we don't like financial disasters. So to understand how to fix this traditional marketing is, um, well, we need to look at the history of where this marketing comes from. And it's really based on the direct response marketing principles that have been developed and evolved and refined and researched over the last few decades since the advent of the newspaper. So you know, quite a few decades, but um, maybe as a little side note here, I used to work as a consultant and coach and teacher for the sales reps of newspapers. So they go out and sell advertising space to local businesses. So I have a bit of a background uh, in that whole area, plus actual first-hand experience, both um, designing ads as well as going into businesses and selling ads and teaching people how to sell better. So the history of the newspapers basically is that you, when you look at a, a newspaper, if you can still get one, uh, the ad in there has to grab attention immediately enough for people to look at it and consume the content. And then it has very little time to get you to take action. So it really has those two purposes. One is stand out enough in the sea of other ads and then get you to, to take action. And the the fact is that if it doesn't stand out, it's a loser. So that's why, for example, when you go and sell advertising space, you go, well, we'll give you color for free or we'll make it twice as big as the other one because those are components that stand out. And we have helped businesses, uh, well, basically newspapers, how to design better ads for their clients. So you, you include a face in it, you include a better headline, a bigger headline, bolder color, all of these things. The problem, of course, is everyone else starts doing the same thing. And before you know it, they all have a face in there and they all have a nice headline in there and they all use color. As a result, it all looks the same again and nothing stands out. And again, we have to go and find something else to make it stand out, bigger size. And you know, the, before you know it, you need to resort to advertorials. This is kind of the background why we are where we are at, namely that um, we're using these hardwired responses that are focused on getting attention very, very quickly and then get people to take action. Here's the free coupon, but you must act now, all this kind of thing, because in a newspaper, Either the ad works right now or it never works because tomorrow the newspaper's in the bin. It, it was a waste of space. That's why the techniques used for newspapers are so hard hitting because they have a, a shelf life or they have a, 
a, a tiny, tiny opportunity to make an impact. And if they don't work, the whole ad was a waste of time and money. And when it's a waste of time and money, local businesses don't advertise in newspapers anymore. And that's basically what we dealt with with the newspaper advertising reps. They go, well, no one is buying from us. Well, do the ads work? No, they don't work. Why don't they work? So uh, the, the stuff we taught them was both how to sell, but also how to create better ads. Anyway, end of side story here is the core component. What has turned out or has crystallized over many decades of experimenting with newspaper ads is that basically what works best is hardwired responses because they work with absolutely everyone. I mean, I remember to this day being, I think I was about eight years old, seven or eight years old, and I saw a sign in our village saying, you know, special deal on some mortgage, but it expires on the 31st of December and running home and telling my mum, there's a special deal on a mortgage. And I had absolutely no idea what a mortgage is. I just, my brain reacted to a special offer so much so that I ran home and told my mum. So these hardwired responses are basically built in. Most of the advertising, most of the marketing that's been taught out in the marketplace these days is based on these hardwired responses. And they are the, the tool of the trade because they appeal to absolutely everyone reading the paper. You open the paper and you are forced to react to it. If you put a, a, a face in that, your brain is hardwired to look at that face. If there is a scarcity, if there's a, you know, a bonus, if there's a free something, you your brain is hardwired to respond to it. The problem, or the, the reason, of course, is that uh, or the reason they're being used is because they appeal to everyone. And as a result, you also have that mindset with a lot of local business owners. When you ask them, whom are you trying to appeal to? They say, well, absolutely everyone. And then you'd start digging, go, well, seriously, everyone? And I was like, okay, well, not these, but everyone else. And you go, well, seriously, everyone else? No, of course not. As Seth Godin says, everyone is not your customer. That's the big problem. You're trying to use, or you're, if you're doing standard normal marketing, you're using tools that are really appealing or trying to appeal to everyone because of the history with the newspapers. But the reality is everyone is not your customer. And especially, they're not relationship building tools. As I've mentioned in the previous episode and in the beginning here, it's about relationships. It's about know, like, and trust. It's about engagement. If you don't have engagement, yeah, of course, side note here, you can always get engagement with, oh, look, here's some kittens, or look, here's some free beer. But those are tricks. They're gimmicks. We are looking at getting real clients who are pre-qualified in the sense of we already know if we serve them or when we serve them, they will get results for all the reasons mentioned before. The other thing is, of course, with these hardwired responses, they're very much focused on the uh, at the beginning, at the end of a, let's call it relationship. It's not really a relationship. In a newspaper, it's get attention, get action. That's it, right? That's what we were trying to do. And if you think about the AIDA formula, for example, which is all about awareness or attention at the beginning, then it's interest, then it's desire, and then it's action at the end, it's cut out the middle bit. It's cut, cut out the interest and the desire bit. So... What we need to do is focus on the center between those two endpoints, between the act, uh, attention and then the action at the end. Uh, because in the middle, this is where the decision-making happens. And now we get to the core of what no Marketing is about. 
Because when you look at it, when you look at your clients, they are real people with real problems and they're looking for real solutions to those problems. And more importantly, they're looking for solutions that work for them, not for one other person or one other guru or only worked in one instance or you know someone on the other side of the globe. They are looking for solutions that work for them. The reality is people have tried all kinds of solutions. They see, and now they're seeking something that works for them. I'll give you an example. I, this is quite a few years ago now, uh, I woke up, I woke up one morning, da, 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 and I had a ringing in my ear, and voila, um, not only my dad has tinnitus, but I, was, oh, I also have tinnitus, which is a pain in the backside. So, of course, I'm starting to look at solutions and, you know, whatever. Went to the doctor, had infusions, and then that didn't work, and then went out and, uh, you know, started Googling, of course. And the reality is I haven't really found anything just yet. It's gotten a lot better. I'm grateful for that. When I don't mention it like I just did, I don't hear it. So all is good. However, I'm still on the lookout for a solution. Hey, if you have a great solution that actually works, let me know, please, right? <laughs> I'm really interested. But this is the reality. Real people have real problems. They're looking for real solutions. And when they are in this context of having tried all kinds of things, and they are looking for something that works for them, they have questions. And these questions are typically not answered by traditional marketing, as you can imagine. The newspaper doesn't have time to address all kinds of questions in the middle. It just says, can I have your attention, please? And please go and take this action. So these questions are either glossed over, uh, hoping that no one asks, and I've seen this in too much marketing. It's like, oh, but if I mention this, are people not gonna look like my thing? Remember, we are looking to identify upfront the 3% who are ready to go and take action and then also identify the 60 to 70% we can help move forward in some way. So glossing over answers is not a good idea. Neither is handling of objections uh, or overcoming them with direct response marketing principles. So, you know, you can overcome pretty much anything, any doubt with enough freebies, with enough scarcity, with enough urgency. Those hardwired responses do work. But as we've explored many times before, those types of clients are not great clients because they're unlikely to get results. So I, I think... This is best summarized with Peter Drucker's famous quote about marketing, where he says, the purpose of marketing is to make selling superfluous. And when you now look at the situation, what is being taught out there in the marketplace, what you see everyone else using, it's really selling. It's not marketing. Marketing is answering questions upfront. So when people come to the checkout, they've already made up their mind. They've made a choice. And the best example I have for this is a supermarket checkout. I mean, you go into the supermarket, you go check out the bananas, right? There they are. And you now have a choice between the standard ones and the EU re regulation normed ones and the organic ones with a few brown spots. Okay, so you look at the few ones, uh, organic ones, and turns out, well, actually, there are a few with a lot of brown spots and a few with fewer brown spots. And you go, all right, I'll take those over there. You have made up your mind. When you now turn up at the checkout, there's no more need for a bonus. There's no more need for scarcity and urgency. Oh, by the way, you can only buy three of these bananas. And we're not in communist Eastern Germany anymore, uh, where you know you had a banana once a year. Um, none of that 
matters. None of that is needed. And that is the core philosophy of what Peter Drucker talked about and what we're doing in New York marketing. We need to get to the place where people make up their minds before coming to the checkout. So the checkout experience is no longer, oh, by the way, this bonus is worth $500 and this one over here is worth $2,500 and this one is $10,000 and the overall bonuses and packages and everything you're getting is $50 million, but you get the whole thing for only seven. None of that is needed because people have made up their mind. They've made a choice beforehand. And that's really what we're helping with. Remember, real people are seeking or have real problems and they're re uh, seeking real solutions that work for them. This understanding requires or leads to a shift in perspective. When you look at the AIDA formula, you know, it's a classic out there and some people, some you know, marketing professors have come up with new versions of it, but in general, it, it kind of works. And when I first saw it, like I saw Cialdini, like I saw the red power words, etc., I looked at it and I quickly started asking myself, well, how do I actually do this? Because underlying the old model, for example, the AIDA formula is, a question of how can I get my prospective clients to do something? How can I get them? How can I get their attention? This is very much focused on me trying to do something to them, trying to somehow magically get people to do something. The same applies to, for example, the term you might have heard it, driving traffic, right? You can't force anyone to do anything. Like you can't force anyone to respond to your ad. So the old style of looking at this is, how can I get someone to pay attention to what I've got? How can I raise their awareness? How can I get them interested? How can I get their desire to boiling point? How can I get them to take action? Now, direct response marketing principles, the hardwired responses have some answers to this. But when you now look at the situation from, here we have real people, we have, or they have real problems, they are looking for real solutions, and they have real questions around that, you now ask yourself, well, what question do they actually have at each and every single point of this? I hate the term decision-making cycle. It's really a solution-seeking cycle. And when you look at it uh, from that perspective, you start to see, all right, they actually have real questions, which I will answer truthfully, as opposed to trying to overcome them. I'm no longer saying, well, you know, you're being an idiot and I know better and look at this from the logical perspective and blah, blah, blah. If you do that, people come up with their smokescreen responses, except, of course, online. They'll just ignore you. They go away. So if we go and ask them, what question do they have at each and every single point of their solution-seeking cycle, we can now go back to the concept of value. Because answering those questions in a truthful and open, honest way provides tremendous value because people can now go out and figure out for the first time that the solution you have got is actually right for them. And they are very likely to go and get a result as opposed to trying something out again and figuring out, okay, once again, it didn't work for me. Like tinnitus, I've tried the herbs, I've tried the you know flushes, I've tried the neck extension bands. I've tried, it's all there. Like, all right, it's still there. It's still ringing. So uh, we are really aiming to give honest and truthful ethical answers simply because that helps people make a, an informed decision. And 
if I can give you one uh, like concept here that uh, may explain this, um, in the personal development or more the productivity and bad habits and good habits, how to change habits literature, there is a concept called self-efficacy. And self-efficacy is the belief that you can do or achieve your goal. That's really fundamentally what it's about. And it turns out in all kinds of meta-studies that self-efficacy is one of the biggest components of success when it comes to changing habits, when it comes to achieving goals. In other words, self-efficacy, in other words, the belief that I can do it based on me coming up with a plan and looking at the plan and knowing what's in the plan and truly knowing and believing that I can achieve this is ultimately the definition of desire. So if you look at the AIDA formula, that big component, if you look at it from the old perspective, how can I get them to desire something? Ooh, by adding more bonuses, by getting them to imagine all kinds of stuff. That is persuasion. But if I now step back and say, if I can truly help someone get to the point where they see for themselves, for the, possibly for the first time in their lives, that they can go out and achieve what it, is, what it is they really want to do, this big problem, how they're going to overcome it, they see for themselves, they suddenly get to this point of self-efficacy. Now, that is true desire. Now they desire your thing. And it's not because you tricked them into something, but because you helped them get to the point of coming up with their own plan of achieving this whole thing. Now, remember, there's also a self a selfish component in this whole thing, right? You want to pre-filter the time wasters. And I don't mean this in a disrespectful way. Think back to the chiropractor example. If you go out and lead with, hey, you can get a free back massage or something, you'll get a lot of people in there, no doubt. But they are wasting your time in the sense of they are not your ideal clients. They're not the ones who will uh, get the results you want. And then also, come back to you because suddenly they realize there's real value in having a back adjustment and maybe now they want to have a hip adjustment and a back uh, a neck adjustment hey maybe i should go see a chiropractor about my ringing ears i don't know right when you do this you are no longer giving away the farm so you're no longer giving away the free sessions all right let's wrap this up then um just to clarify we initially talked about the 3% at the top. You still speak to them directly. You don't make them jump through all kinds of hoops where you help them come up with their plans and answer all kinds of questions. If someone says, I want your thing, then you say, all righty, let's get talking, right? Just to clarify, this is for you if X, Y, Z, and thank you very much. That's it. And I've got a great case study for you somewhere. Probably go best go to newyorkmarketing.com and I'll link it somewhere there. Um, it's done by a, um, a vi video production service. And initially, they basically did completely uh, the wrong thing. They made you jump through so many hoops. Now they've fixed that. And it's a great case study to see how this plays out in practice. Anyway, you, you speak to the top 3%. Make no mistake. You know, If they have direct questions, if they want to talk to you, you talk to them. Thank you very much. But the vast majority, as we've seen in, in part one, 60 to 70% of the population might be a good fit for what you've got, but they have questions and they need to get to self-efficacy to truly desire your thing. So all your marketing now becomes basically asking yourself on a constant basis what questions could be on their minds right now. And then you answer those truthfully. 
Now, some of these questions are very, very simple. An example would be, uh, you know, the question that's always there is, is this a good time of my energy, of my focus, of my attention, of my privacy, of my email? Do I even want to check that out? And this kind of, you know, leads every new conversation, any new relationship. And others are more complicated. They require a shift in perspective or understanding. So one would be, you know, I've always thought, X. I've always done it this way. So sometimes people are stuck in their own way. Um, and you then need to help them adopt a different perspective. Again, not by being persuasive, persuasive or trying to persuade them, but actually being of value and saying, look, what you're doing right there is kind of holding you back. So I'll give you one example to wrap this whole thing up. A lot of people try to attract clients, they try to do marketing, and they go online, like I did 11 years ago, and they say, okay, what I need to do is have power words and red headlines and big fonts and urgency and scarcity. And they find out, well, you know, no one's responding to this. The market is kind of tuning out. Well, what do they do? They apply more of it. Well, I clearly didn't have the hot button, and I clearly didn't have enough of a bonus. So they apply more of it. So suddenly you find yourself in a situation where you have a problem, namely not enough attention and not enough people actually signing up with you. And you're trying to fix the problem with the very tools that are causing the problem in the first place. So as I suggested, some of these questions are very simple, others are more complicated. And as a result, uh, it's beyond the scope of this podcast. I've already run one and a half minutes over. So we're gonna do that in a future podcast. As usual, if you have any questions, the, this whole thing is done via the Anchor app, and you can get um, or download the app and then send me messages, and I will answer those messages in future podcasts. And of course, you can reach out to me at our site, noyakmarketing.com. Alrighty, cheers, bye.